Hey friends, and welcome to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm so glad you're here. Each week on this show, I invite a friend to join me and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. Hey friends, and welcome to the very first Wednesday of 2022. I am so excited that you've decided to spend a little bit of time with us today over at the happy hour. I'm Jamie and I'm your host of this show. And I really mean it when I say I'm glad you're here. I hope that your holidays were really special. I hope that no matter what was going on in the world around you, that you were able to sit and reflect and maybe even look back on 2021. And now here we are in the new year. We're going to spend some time looking forward to 2022. No matter how you feel about new years and resolutions and word of the year, There are plenty of us who look forward to the next year and say, man, what are some goals I want to do? What do I want to accomplish? What are some things I want to make happen in 2022? So we have two very special episodes for you this week, one today and then another one on Friday. Both of these shows that we're releasing this week were originally released to our Patreon community back in 2019, but it's been a while and we thought, why don't we share this with everybody? So we are bringing you some episodes that have never been shared before from some old interviews that I had. Now, today's episode starts out with Laura Casey. Some of you may know Laura because she's been on the show before. She's author of Make It Happen, Cultivate, and she's the creator of the Power Sheets Intentional Goal Planner, which is amazing if you've ever seen them. She's so great to speaking into goals and dreams, but not just for a career, but really looking at the heart and how do you want to live your life? How do you want to look back when you're 80 and see what you've accomplished and what you've done? She really wants to help women look at what they already have and use it well. Laura says, my hope is to help women to not just add things to their already full plates, but to look at what you already have and use that well. I love that so much and it resonates so much with me. So first up is Laura Casey. And next, my friend Michelle McKinney joins me. Michelle's also been on the happy hour before. So if you're a longtime listener, you've heard her before. She's the founder of Dreams Unleashed and the Vision Playbook, which helps people write, clarify and start their vision. Today, Michelle's going to share about some of the pitfalls of crushing her dreams and what the true meaning of confidence is. You guys, I'm really happy to bring these shows to you today, and I hope that they help you maybe get a little attention into what you want 2022 to be. And really, our goal here is just how can we come alongside and help you? And I hope that this is a help to you. You guys, wherever you're listening to the show today, something that would really help us is if you would subscribe to the happy hour, not just come find a show every now and then, but actually hit that subscribe button. However, you're listening. Maybe you're listening on your phone through the Apple podcast player, or maybe you're a listener over on Overcast or Spotify, wherever you listen. First of all, we're really happy that you're listening. Second, it would really help us if you would become a subscriber. Then when you subscribe, Oh my goodness, you guys, you have access to over 500 shows that we've done in the past. You can go back and find shows about content that you want to hear about people walking through trials that maybe you've been through as well, or maybe you have someone that you just love and you want to hear them on this show. We have a lot for you to go back and listen to. You guys, welcome to 2022. I'm so happy that you're here. And here's my conversation with my friends, Laura Casey and Michelle McKinney. Hey guys, it is our first extra episode to give you. This is the first episode of our mini series that we're starting in the month of January, where we're covering goals and dreams. I feel like that's a great time to start that for the month of January. 
I know a lot of you may have been making New Year's resolutions or picking out your word of the year or developing goals and dreams for this year or making a dream board or whatever you might be doing. I think this is a topic that's all on the forefront of our minds in the month of January. Well, today our guest is Laura Casey. And if there's someone that I think of that talks a lot about goal setting, it's Laura. She has the Cultivate What Matters power sheets that she does. It's kind of her trademark thing. And I'll be honest, I've been working through them this month and it's hard work. It's good hard work is what it is. We're going to talk to some other amazing guests that are going to be on this series that we're doing for you guys of goals and dreams. And I'm glad we started with Laura because Laura does more than just help you plan out goals to be more successful in your business or be more successful at home. But Laura says, hey, let's look at the heart. Let's look at where the heart of the matter. Let's look at your big goal. What do you want your life to look like at 80? And I was so encouraged after our conversation and I know you will be as well. So a couple of things I want to point out, just, just listen to the way she talks about using your heart to make goals and dreams. Listen to the way that she talks about the bigger picture, the big dream that she talks about. I'm a big fan of hers. I'm just going to tell you and I'll let you know ahead of time right now that we actually do have a scheduled interview with her. So she's going to come on the regular happy hour this spring. And I cannot wait to sit down and talk with her more about her life other than this. But anyhow, guys, I just want to say, Thanks for being a part of our Patreon party and thanks for being a supporter. And we're excited about bringing you new content. And here is the first of the new content that we're giving you in the mini series on goals and dreams. Here's my conversation with Laura Casey. Laura, welcome to our very first mini series edition. We're starting it off with dreams and goals because it's January. And by golly, that's what we do in January. Laura Casey, welcome. Thank you. I appreciate that warm welcome. I couldn't be (laughs) in a better place. I'm so excited to be here. Well, it is so true that in January, so many people look down at their calendars. They look at their life. They look around. They look back. They look forward. And they say, this year's going to be different. You know, Mm -hmm. you've heard it, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I ain't going back there. I'm not going back there. Um, So I want to talk with you about goal setting and dreams. And I think if I'm right, and you can correct me here, I feel like there are two types of people in the world, people who love setting goals and people who hate setting goals. Am I right? Oh yeah. It's very black and white. It's just either you feel super overwhelmed by even hearing the word goals. Like it kind of like just makes your body start to tense up or you're all about it and you want to run full force with it, but there's really no in between. So (laughs) it's all good. (laughs) So, but you have found a way, I think I'm going to figure out by the end of our chat here. I think you found a way to kind of help both of those people run with it. Is that, is that your goal in life? Your goal. Hello, here we go. Is that kind of part of your mission is to help anybody do this? Yes, most definitely. Because I think that it we overcomplicate goals in general. We think that goals or goal setting or even dreaming means that we have to add things to our already full plates. And I did that and I burned myself out. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so I have learned through um, the painful experiences of many failures along the way in biting off more than I could chew and completely forgetting about goals. When it came to the end of the year, I was just like, wait a minute. Oh yeah, I set that goal on January 1st, right? I didn't do anything about it because I forgot about it. I've made all these mistakes. And so my hope is to help women to not just add things to their already full plates, but to look at what you already have, like what's right in front of you, the people in your care, the resources you have, the time you've been given, all of it, and use that well. Okay. So one of my favorite things about what you do is when you talked about looking what's right in front of you is 
when I think of goal setting and I think of planning and dreaming, for me personally, it goes to like work. Like what are my dreams for my job? And for other people, it could go to what is my dream for my family or what is my dream for my education? I think it might go to wherever we, we like think that goals belong. But what you do so well, because I am in the midst of your power sheets, okay? And we'll talk about that. (laughs) I am like slowly but surely working my way through them. But what you do that I love so much is that you're asking me as I'm going through this plan that you've created is you're asking me to look at every area of my life. And that is new and different and a little bit challenging. Yeah, I think it can be hard because humility is hard, at least for me it is. When I, especially for people, I mean, I I imagine you're like this, Jamie, when you have a passion for something and maybe it's, you know, for anyone listening, a passion for motherhood, a passion for work, whatever it is, there's one area in your life that you tend to like to spend more time in. But then when we look at a holistic picture of everything from finances to relationships to your physical health and your spiritual well-being, all of those things make up a complete person. But when we start to look at that stuff, it starts to feel hard because we think, oh, yeah, that fitness thing. I, I haven't done that fitness thing in a long time. Right. Um, but yeah, it's super helpful just to build a foundation first, just to do a little check-in to say, how am I doing in these general areas of my life? And what needs to be more balanced? Yeah. I mean, one of the things as, as I'm working through it, I love marriage. I talk about marriage a lot. I love my husband. We've just like any married couple that's been married, you know, almost 18 years like us, we've had awesome days and hard days. Mm. But when you asked me to like put on where my marriage was on a scale of one to 10 and where my goals were for it this year, I thought, man, that's an area that I sometimes neglect because for the most part, it feels comfortable and safe and good, if that makes sense. Yes, totally. So it was really good for me to sit there because I'm not normally asked that. And so it was really great. But it was an area that I wouldn't normally tend to look and think, what what kind of goals do I need to set for this? So, well, I love what you said, because I think one of the mistakes that I have made before, and I think we as women make a lot is biting off more than we can chew. We think, okay, I'm going to look at all these areas of my life and I'm going to make sure I set a goal for every single area of my life this year. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do it all on January 1st and 2nd. (laughs) Right. And if I don't do it by January 1st and 2nd, then I've totally failed and I'm a complete failure. And we do that to ourselves, right? So um, the beauty of doing this type of check-in is just looking at a few areas. So like you said, marriage is something that you consistently focus on. It's a sweet spot for you. And it's not like we don't want to grow in these areas that we feel like are good good. But just looking at this check-in allows you to say, where do I need to focus in this season? Not for all of my life, but where do I need to just put a little bit more fertilizer on this little spot um, just for right now to make this grow well? Yeah. Okay. So take me back because I think that this journey started from you, if I'm right, about 10 years ago. Yes. And take me back to a couple couple things I want to know because I'm going to call you like the guru of this and just take it and own it because you've been talking about this for a while. So (laughs) we're going to give you that title, all right? Um, But you started because people were asking you, how do you do it all? Like, how do you do all the things that you do? And so you saw this felt need of women asking, how does she do it? How can I do it? And it led you to create the systems and the things that you've created to help women out. So I want to hear that story, but I also want to know, and I think you might've learned this along the way a little bit is why I'm putting these questions together is, why does this even matter? Like, yeah. why, yep. for someone who's listening is like, I hate goals. Like, why does it even <laughs> matter to think about this? So you, you go with 10 years ago, the question, mm-hmm. and then why does this matter? 
Yeah. Well, I'll start with saying this, that uh, it's really easy to do life by accident. And that's what I did 10 years ago. I was doing life really by accident, going through the motions, uh, chasing after things I would never catch. So if I were to look at the calendar about 10 years ago, uh, I was starting Southern Weddings Magazine. I was uh, doing a ton of speaking engagements. I was traveling for work. I was doing all these things that looked like good things on paper. But underneath it all, the soil of my heart and my life was a total mess. Because I was chasing after this idea that I had in my head of what I should be. I thought, okay, to be valuable in life, I have to make all these numbers happen. And I mean, you know, I don't have to go any further. It just, it crumbles so fast. And so I started to seek out the things that last. Um, And for me, my faith was super fledgling at the time. Like I I would call myself a Christian back then, but I really had no idea how to follow after God's plan for my life. Uh, But I kept making all these mistakes of burning myself out. My marriage was crumbling. Um, My husband Ari and I were like two ships passing in the night. And we weren't even like passing in the night. We were more like completely butting heads in the middle of the night and all day, every day. Um, And it was around that time that I finally came to a breaking point after many breaking points, but a real big breaking point where I said, you know what? The way I'm doing life is just not working. My ways are just not working. And so I think we all come to that point where we feel that the pain of staying the same starts to outweigh the pain of change because change is really hard. Mm, (laughs) You know, it's like we want change, but we don't really want to do the changing. Um, And I get that. I feel that. There's lots of things that I want to change in my life, but I think, oh, it's going to be really difficult because it's going to mean I'm going to have to give something up. Mm -hmm. So for me at the time, it was giving up my pride. I mean, we can, I continually do this, yeah, but yeah. in a big way then it was saying, okay, me chasing after this view of who I should be is just getting me nowhere. My marriage is suffering. My faith feels like the tiniest little flicker in a dark room. Um, and so I was willing at that moment, that breaking point to consider a new way forward. And it's just like, if you were to plant a seed in the ground and like you might've done that project when you're in grade school where you plant seeds and your teacher has you stick them up by the window, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, yes. And the like the little bean sprout comes out and you see that it has the shell on it, which is really interesting. And the shell kind of falls away as the seed starts to sprout up. And that is such a picture of what my life was like 10 years ago mm. in order for me to grow and to bloom, if you will, to use this metaphor, um, I had to let go of my outer shell and press through the dirt to grow towards the light. And so practically speaking, <laughs> my marriage had a complete transformation during that time. Um, and that's a whole nother long story. But as my marriage transformed and I saw God completely changing who we are. Um, and my husband wasn't a believer before and then became a believer, which is, I still, when I say that, I'm here I am 10 years later, it just mm-hmm. blows my mind. Um, I had to start to consider that question all the time of, is what I'm doing actually getting me to where I want to be in the big picture? And so I started to ask myself that, where do I want to be when I'm 80 years old? And this is the core of what I teach today. Yeah. That was kind of your driving question. Exactly. Where do you want to be in the big picture? And then 
how is the way you're living right now aligning with that? Like, how's that getting you there? So for me, it was a lot of gut checks of, okay, and when I'm 80 years old, the things that are going to matter to me are relationships. It's going to be growing the things that last longer than me. So, and this was back in the day when Twitter was the thing. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so my number of Twitter followers most definitely does not add up on that list. All these frivolous things. Right. And there were many years I would end the year and I would think, oh, I could have made progress on the things that matter most to me if I just would have remembered them, if I just would have taken little tiny actions over time, they would have added up. And so I sat down at my desk one day and I just got out a blank piece of paper. And this was about five years into our marriage. And I wrote out all the things that were important to me at the time. My marriage that had just been taken in a new good direction, super important to me. Um, I had a new baby, our daughter, Grace. I put her on that list up there. Everything from my marriage and my family to the things in my business that I knew I wanted to grow that really mattered in the big picture, building a legacy, all this stuff. I just put it on a blank piece of paper Mm -hmm. because I thought I need to tend to these things. If I just have this list out in front of me all the time, I hopefully won't forget about it. And if I just make tiny little steps forward over time, I wonder if they will add up. And that was the first what I call tending list is just a list of priorities. And then I had it out in front of me and I marked tiny little progress marks on that throughout the year. And that's what became a set of worksheets. I kind of expanded it for myself and that grew into what's now the Power Sheets Goal Planner. But the the idea is to first uncover what matters to you. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where... This is the thing that transforms goal setting for yeah. a lot of people, including myself. Like I'm someone that I don't like goals for real. Which like, is I funny don't, to hear you say that, but isn't it? I know but I, I love that. I don't, I'm not a goal person. I would rather sit on the couch and just hang, which there's nothing wrong with that. That could be part of your goals too. Right. <laughs> um, but I'm really not. Here's why. Because I don't need more to add to right. my list. Mm-hmm. I don't want pressure. I don't want to feel like I'm just adding arbitrary things because I think I should add them or because someone else is doing it. That's not what this is about. And that's why that first step is so important in this three-step process. Number one is to uncover what really matters to you. And that's by asking that question yeah. of where do you want to be in the big picture? And then what are you doing about it today? Yeah. And the second step, is to make an action plan, like to actually do something with it. And then you live it out. So it's, it seems simplistic because it is. Right. But it first starts with that, that first thing, which is what most people miss, which is it has to be connected to something that really matters to you or you're not going to do anything about it. I agree. And I think that's what makes your whole goal planning and dreaming with your system that you've set up with PowerSheets is that when I sit down and I, I I can't figure out if I like goals or not. Isn't that weird? But I'm like, I love, yes. like, I'm the kind and of person okay. that, well, yeah, I'll come to my office. It's complicated. It's complicated. Yes. And I'll write on a piece of paper everything I need to do today. And then the joy I get when I scratch something off is like, I can't even explain it. And if I do something that wasn't on the list, I will add it to the list just to scratch it off. So yeah. there's that in me. But what I find so intriguing that I think makes this, kind of a light bulb go off in my head and hopefully someone else's head as well, is that goal planning seems like that when you sit down on January 1st or whenever you would typically sit down to look forward, you would say, okay, for the year I want to, my goal is to lose 20 pounds or my goal is to gain this much in revenue or my goal is to, 
you know, take each of my kids on a date every month. Like you would write mm-hmm. these things out. But when yep. I hear you talk about like, what is your big, big picture for your life? And yep. then it changes some of those goals. But my favorite sure thing yeah. is those goals can seem so grand. And then you get to July, you're like, well, I don't even know where I wrote that sheet of paper. I don't even know where I wrote that down. Like, I don't even know what my goals are. But it's those little action steps that you ask us to take, which is like, oh, I can do something every month towards this goal. And at the end, look what I did. (laughs) I did it. Yeah. Yeah. I think a great example I heard, I think there's a book called the, I'm going to get this wrong, but like the marshmallow principle. Okay. (laughs) Sounds so weird. Um, But it is basically about how things that we take little by little steps on, they compound over time. So for instance, we, we typically want we think we want fast results. We right. think we want overnight. And if, so for instance, say that you were given two options. One, I give you a $100 bill now, or I uh, invest you know, $2 every day for 45 days. And at the end of those 45 days, it ends up being $8,000, right? Mm-hmm. The obvious answer is, duh, you're going to wait yeah. for the $8,000. But that's kind of, that's exactly what we do with our goals is we think we want the overnight process, but what we miss in the in-between is life. Like we miss the good stuff in the in-between and a better result at the end. Um, it's like if, <laughs> if I were to take a baby and put them into grad school, mm, I mean, it wouldn't that's, work. That's, wouldn't work. No, that's kind of, that's what we do though, is we think we want to jump to the end, but it really is the little by little overtime that genuinely does add up. Um, we just have to be courageous enough to like dig our feet and our hands and our hearts and our eyes into the little by little every day. It's so true. Um, you know, so I want to ask you though, you've been, you know, walking through this when, how did you say you were living your life by accident? Yes. Instead of on purpose. Yes. Totally by and I, I heard you mention that in your podcast. I've been listening to your podcast, by the way. Love it. Oh, that's Great awesome. job. <laughs> Thank you. That means so much coming from me. Oh, everyone go listen. It's so great. But um, I heard you talk about that. And I feel as though that is probably where I would kind of put myself sometimes as, mm. man, you get to the end of the year, or end of the month and you go, what did I do? Or, you know, yeah. and so it's just that living by accident. And so the way that you're challenging us is so important even into important in people's lives. So my question for you is of this whole thing, goal planning, big picture, setting the action steps, which part is the hardest for you? As someone who you walk through this on a yearly basis, monthly basis, you help women do this. Which part is hard for you? It's the humility. Okay. I think it is the, because it's it's hard. If you want change in your life, it means that you're going to have to give something up, whether that means uh, you want to say your goal is that you want to spend more time with your family instead of at work. That means you're going to have to give some work up. And maybe that's a sacrifice, you know? Um, and I think there's also things like health goals. Like for me, I need to be doing strength training, knowing that osteoporosis and all these things run in my family. In the big picture, it's important to me to live a long and healthy life to be able to do things with my kids. Um, But the humility part of it is, oh, I feel kind of lazy. And I um, sometimes want the instant gratification of staying in my comfort zone versus going after these things that I know I'm going to be so grateful I started today. But that's the hardest part. And the other thing is, again, before power sheets, forgetting about my goals. It's so hard to forget. And then the last thing, which I, I do often, and I feel like 
for the first time this year, I'm really getting it. It's, <laughs> it takes me a while to learn these lessons is biting off more than I can chew in January. Because I think all these goals that I have are really good. I have so many goals I want to accomplish. I want to do it now. Like We either fall into one camp or the other. Either we're so excited in January, we think we have to accomplish it all right now, or we have no idea where to start. It all feels overwhelming. Maybe you're both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I was just, I opened up my, I have the power sheets that, that you guys gave me. And here's the thing, walking through this, you said it takes like, humility to say this. It also takes discipline to see that it's worth it. And so yeah. when I'm looking at these things, it's where I'm realizing, golly, if I'm not intentional, things might not happen. And I think yep. that is something that is so hard to realize is that life moves so fast. I have four kids, you have three kids. It's just like, yep. there's so much that comes into my brain every day. If I don't write things down intentionally, it'll be hard. But one of the things also that I enjoy about the process that you've set before us is in like this, it probably is a six month mark. It's I think it says summer or whatever. You have us go back and reevaluate and look mm. back and see how things are going. Have there been times like give us some, show us some grace here. Like, because I think some people would think if I change a goal in the middle of the year, I'm a failure. Or, <laughs> yeah, right, you know, if right. I'm not where I need to be, then I'm just going to throw everything away because I, I just am the worst person ever. <laughs> I think that's something that people struggle with too, is giving themselves grace to keep going, yeah. even if they're not meeting whatever standards they might've set up. Have you ever struggled with that? Oh, for sure. I think one of the biggest ways I've shot myself in the foot before is by setting goals on January 1st and thinking that I have to have those goals for all of time. Oh, like I good. Have to yeah. have those things solidified. I have to do them up until the strike of midnight uh-huh. on December 31st. <laughs> it's just not how we were built. I mean, I, all I have to do is look outside. So I'm an unlikely gardener. Uh, which, which I is, love again, this about you. Whole another story. Like I am totally the plant killer. I'm a reformed plant killer. <laughs> um, but something that I do, I just look outside and I think to myself, you know what? All of these things in my, my garden, they don't grow all year long. Mm. They have seasons. And right now we're in a season of winter. So I have a garden bed that has some like winter flowers in it, but mostly it's dirt, you know, because the land needs to rest. And it's the same with us. And one of the biggest ways that we can achieve the things that truly matter is by looking at the reality of the way we were created, which is we, we need rest whether that's in your every day, like God created us to sleep, you know, mm-hmm. um, we need sleep every day. We need rest, you know, Lord willing on the weekend or whenever that is for you. Um, we need rest in our season. So with our goals, it's the same thing. I always encourage people and I, I've had to learn this myself the hard way, just set a goal for one season, just for 90 days. And there's a lot of science behind this too, that there is a sweet spot, a 90 day sweet spot. Our brains can't focus on one uh, intense, concentrated, purposeful project for more than 90 days without kind of jumping ship, which is interesting, right? Very, right. Because that is exactly the same amount of time that God made the seasons. So I think there's something to this that um, the, the best way to be successful throughout the year is just to plan your your year in seasons. And yeah, like you said, the power sheets give you a goal refresh every three months, but just go ahead and mark that on your calendar now. Just know ahead of time, my goals are going to grow and change as I grow and change and they should. So when you come up to, what is it going to be? March, end of March, Mm -hmm. let's see, January, February, end of March. Just know right around the end of March, you might start feeling restless. You might start feeling like, hmm, 
I'm not sure if I'm really motivated on these goals anymore. And you know what? Celebrate because that's exactly the way you're created. And it's an opportunity for you to push the reset button and get fired up about some new things to push you towards those big picture goals. That is so interesting. And I think just thinking about that is going to free so many people up from that guilt that will come from feeling as though either this goal doesn't, isn't, sometimes I think you can say like this goal hasn't, it's not rising to the top anymore. Something I need to focus on. And so you might feel that guilt and it's okay to let it go. Um, I do want you to know that whenever you come on the regular happy hour, I'm going to have to get, I want to hear all your gardening stories because listen, (laughs) those people that have listened to the happy hour forever, there are episodes from three years ago where I say, I'm going to have a garden this year. And let me tell you, Laura, there is still no garden at my house. We are going to make that happen, my friends. So many people have tried to help me. It is a thing that it is like a garden in my life is where I go. This is something I dream of. You know what? I need to write down some action steps. That's what I need to do. When we get off there, I'm going to write down some action steps. But it is this thing that I want so badly that anyhow, we'll talk about it in the real show. But No, but I think that's so cool that, I mean, you already do this. I mean, you are already a gardener in your life with your kids and your family and your marriage and all these amazing people that are listening to the show. You are already a gardener and it's just a matter of translating that to the actual dirt. Oh, you're (laughs) so kind. Great job. You called me a gardener today. We're good. <laughs> I did. Yes. You are one. Yes. Okay. I have another question for you that I think is interesting. And we kind of touched on this at the beginning, but I'd like for you to expand on, has it always been this way for you or what prompted this? And that is that in the way that you help people set out their goals and the progress throughout the year with what you've set up is one of the things that you do is you, after you do all your goal planning and everything that you already talked about, those three steps, then you jump in to your goals. And one of the things that you have everyone doing this is at the end of the month, you have this like month in review page, which Mm -hmm. I think, great. I I love review. I love to see where I'm going. And, you know, you talk about, you ask us to write down goals that are going well, you know, things that we need to progress that we need to celebrate, choosing grace over guilt. But one of the things that you also have in here are things like someone I'm grateful for, a favorite memory from this month, a good lesson I learned, something I'm grateful for, that is not something you would typically see in like goal setting context for right. you. And I, and I know we've talked about this a lot about how it's this whole kind of picture, but I want to know when did that come in for you and why do you think that's important? Yeah. I, you know, it's funny. We always hear about smart goals and I, I hate to say, I'm, again, I write about goal setting all the time. I don't even know what the acronym stands for. I think it's uh, smart, measurable, attainable, time bound, something or other. Something. Yeah. But smart goals continually fail and it's because they're missing a very key component and that's heart. Mm. And I, from we need a new acronym for you. Okay, we're gonna we we're gonna, we're gonna need to come up with something that has an H in it. That's all I gotta say. Okay, <laughs> <Yes>. go ahead. <laughs> I love that. Um, but something that I think that the Lord has had me on this path from day one, which is crazy to think back because my path is so twisty and turny. Just like I'm sure a lot of people feel about their paths, but. When I look back, my my initial training in college was theater. I studied people's motivations, their stories, their objectives, and why they did what they did, and then used the gifts of theater and music and art and voice to be able to portray those things. And then it's the same thing I did in my next career turn, which was personal training. It was understanding someone's motivations what their fears are, what their goals are, why they want to make things happen, and then helping them to achieve that. And now it's the same thing I do here is understanding people's 
motivations. And so the thing people tend to miss is the heart part. Mm -hmm. It, It is the things that are deeply connected to in our brain. It's two things. It's like survival and thriving. That's the default of our brain. It always goes to that. We always seek out things that help us to either survive or thrive. And um, that's the heart for me. That is the, for me personally, the eternal picture of, I want to go wherever God's going. I don't want to go where he's not going. And so that's where, from my heart with God, where I'm trying to make decisions. And so these questions on, which seem very surface, if you don't see the underlying meaning of who are you grateful for, those things help to very tactically and practically connect you back to the heart of, oh yeah, who are the people that invested in me in this month? And how can I either invest back in them? It's these thoughts that start to percolate in our minds that always bring us back to what matters most. I love it because you're right. We can get so focused on checking the boxes and what I need to do to make this happen. And it goes back to your whole thing about what's the big picture. And I don't think, I don't think that you can have the big picture of where I want to be in 80 years without the heart piece. You know, like, and I think the other thing is we can look at goals and we think it's all about me. I need to achieve all this instead of seeing actually it was all these people that encouraged you or helped you or the lady who checked you out at the grocery store that said your shirt was cute, whatever Whatever, it was. Um, it is a collective effort and it really does make you want to do the same for other people too. Okay, I'm putting you on the spot here for a second. Go for it. You have a seven year old. Yes. Do you do any of this with your seven-year-old for her? <laughs> I do. Okay, so when's your um, kid's goal power sheets coming out? <laughs> <laughs> Funny you should say that. I have, um, whatever no, you but, say, I have no idea what you're about to say, people. So I really am just like putting you on the spot here. <laughs> um, yes, I think that that is, if I were to name my biggest goal that the Lord has put on my heart, it is to cultivate the hearts of my children. Yeah. And for especially my daughter, Grace, my seven-year-old, she is at that age where she understands so much and is asking so many questions. And it is one of my greatest joys to use some of these teachings and ask her those. Say, you know, Grace, what, where, where do you want to be in the big picture? What do you think is going to matter to you then? Or whatever it is, it doesn't have to be heavy conversation, yeah. you know what I mean? Or talk to me about the friendships you love, whatever it is. Um, but yes, I'm always trying to also share with her what I'm asking myself. I don't have to make her go through this process, but I can let her in to say, hey, I'm, I'm doing my parachutes pages for this month and here's the goal I'm considering. What do you think about that? Um, and it's just a neat way to get her, Lord willing, thinking about how to not be an achiever for the sake of checking things off a box, but how to use her life intentionally. Because when it comes down to it, it's all a game of semantics with goals. Like you can call them goals, you can call them intentions, you can call them direction, whatever it is, everybody has goals. Right, yeah. (laughs) It doesn't matter what you call them. You're going somewhere and you should probably try to go somewhere on purpose instead of letting life just kind of happen. And that's that's what I try to do with Grace is just let her into the way I think about that. I think it too, when I'm thinking about you saying you just like sit down and say, I'm going through my goals. What do you think? I think so many times, and I've never thought about this with goals, but even with work stuff that Aaron and I might do, sometimes we'll just tell our kids like what's happening or what we're dreaming about. And I think it's good for our kids to see into our daily lives and into what we're doing. Um, But I'll tell you, 
I needed you in my head, in like a little headset the other day because I sat down with my kids and this is like, I wanted to be that mom. Like I had every intention of us like writing down goals and then <laughs> stuffing them in the stocking, you know, and then you pull them out next year or whatever. Yes. Um, but I, Aaron and I were talking to our kids. I think it's probably because I've been doing your power sheet. So it's on my brain, right? <laughs> but I was even asking them like, hey, what are some goals you might have for this year? And quite honestly, it, it was a hard conversation because mm. I was, I didn't feel equipped to help them figure out what is a goal that a 13-year-old would have or that 11-year-old yeah. would have, you know? And so yeah. honestly, it was kind of a harder conversation for me because I wasn't sure of how to steer them or what kind of things, you know, like one of my kids is like, I want to make this football team and I want to make this play. And I think those are great. Mm. But I think if I have the conversation again, I'm going to remember our conversation right now and I'm going to talk about like big picture things that matter which is hard yeah. with kids though. I mean, you know, because it's hard. You know what it matters for them adults. is like making yeah. the football team. That's what matters. And right. so, yeah. Right. It's so... And I think that it's an what it is really, at least in, you know, motherhood is just opportunities for conversation. They may have no thoughts. They may say, I want to comb my Barbie dolls <laughs> yeah, here. Right. You know? Um, but I think it is a neat window into what is on their minds. And um, I, what something that we did at the end of this year that we've never done before, I'm so not like a Pinterest person that has all these cool things I do on all the holidays, mm -hmm. but we did sit just in bed with the kids on New Year's Eve and we spoke we each went around and spoke some words over each other just on things we think each person does really well. Um, and I, we, Ari and I, my husband, tried to just focus on the heart things, you know, instead of you make really good scrambled right. eggs. <laughs> yeah. Uh -huh. um, because I think it's it's hard to kind of force our kids into intentional conversation the way that we do it. But if we are to model those things, then they might think, oh, yeah, mom did say that I'm really good at being generous with my sister. So maybe I am really good at being generous with my sister. And those are seeds that we plant. You're speaking those things over them, which is great. Right. Um, right. Okay, another thing to put you on the spot. Can you share any goals that you have set this year just to kind of give us an idea of what that looks like for you? Mm, totally. Uh, one of my biggest goals this year is to grow a faithful life over a comfortable life. Okay. And that means to have a no spend year. Okay, I heard which... you mention this on your podcast and you were like, I haven't really <laughs> yeah. thought through this that much. Yeah, I've thought through it since and I'm starting with something called the contentment challenge, which is something that my friend Nancy Ray has done for many years and I've done it before. And all it is, is it's a, I'm going to say it's simple. It's hard in practice sometimes. It's a simple fast from spending on things that you don't need. So like I went to the grocery store the other day and plants are my kryptonite. And there were some really pretty bulbs that I really wanted to buy. And I just thought, no, nope, I'm not going to spend money on this. And it's, it seems like a silly example. But again, the little by yeah. little things add up. It's more about the direction of my heart and checking myself and saying, you know what? Why? Do I want to bring that home? Do I want to bring that home? Because I think it's going to make our home feel less chaotic and the craziness of having family over for Christmas. Hmm, maybe I should try to do something different than buy a plant. Mm. <laughs> so that's one of my goals, which is really focused on uh, relying on God more than myself. Okay, can I ask you a question about that one? So yeah. then you'll go through because I, that is a goal that I think that someone could make and then just kind of they get to November and go, I don't even know what I did. And yes. so you'll reevaluate yes. that on a monthly basis. Okay. Yes, definitely. Okay. Definitely. And that's the, if there is a secret to 
achieving goals. I mean, there's a lot of things you need to do before. First of all, have the right goals to begin with, you know, have goals that are connected to what matters most. Um, Because if the goal doesn't matter to you, you're probably not going to do anything about it. But yes, it is a matter of always coming back to the big picture of why I'm doing that goal. Because then it makes it really easy for me to say no to spending money on plants or whatever it is that I think I need, but I don't really need. And for me, the big picture why is that I want our children to know what living a faithful life looks Mm. like. In the big picture, I want to be a woman of God. I want to be a faithful woman who has given an example of not perfection, but of making mistakes and showing how I have chosen God in the midst of messing up on things. Um, So my why is very strong on that. And so will it be hard? Probably. There's probably going to be things I really want to buy. And it's okay if I mess up. That's the point is that if something really matters to you in the big picture, how you get there does not matter so much as why you get there. And even if I have a few missteps along the way, I'm still going to pick back up and get get going yeah. on it. I'm still going to make progress because it's something that has to do, if we're talking on a brain level, with my survival or thriving mechanism. Um, that is the way that I want to thrive in the big picture. And so it matters to okay, me. Okay, good. Okay, so what's another goal? Tell me one more. Yes. So another goal I have is to (laughs) make this the year of Sabbath. Okay. Um, And I think that I've had it all backwards for a long time. I mean, I typically don't work on weekends. It's not about that. It's more about, again, my heart with this. I have often thought uh, I need to take a Sabbath because God says so. Okay. Yeah. Because, Uh Because it's commanded in the Bible, all these things. But it dawned on me that it's less that God said so, and it's more that he needs me to take a Sabbath because he needs me to use my life intentionally. And the only way I'm going to make the most of the other six days a week is by totally surrendering on that day. And it's not a legalistic thing for me. It's a a total like, I do not want to live my life feeling like every day is the same Mm. and that there has not been a day that has been set apart, you know, whether you do regular work or not. So my goal is, first of all, to understand God's heart for Sabbath um, and his heart specifically for our family for that and what that looks like, what's going to be most life-giving for us. Um, And most of all, it's about humility. It's about surrendering. I think I, I, even though I don't work on the weekends, I tend to try to get a lot of projects done. Yeah, yeah. I try to say yes to too many things instead of just being. Well, it, and it goes and back to your gardening analogy with the things aren't going right now because they need to rest. They need yeah. that. And so that goes right along with that. Yes. I, I love your goals. And I think that your goals, people hearing that, it's going to free them up. I think, and, and I could be assuming here, but I think one of the hardest thing is to think bigger with goals, um, to think larger, to think um, like you call it the big picture, because so many times our goals can be so just, um, I want to read 12 books this year and I want to yes. travel here. And I, and those are not bad. <laughs> right. They're not bad at all. Right. But I, because yeah. I have some of those goals, but I have really enjoyed hearing your larger picture goal and even goals that you're setting that are spiritual or that are emotional. I think sometimes mm-hmm. we can forget those because they feel yeah. like, well, I don't know if that counts as a goal. And so it's encouraging to hear the two that you shared with us. So thank you. 
Well, I think a lot of times we don't set goals like that because we think, well, how is that measured? Exactly, right. And that's where we get into the tactical. It, it, re- it really is about like a big goal is made up of a bunch of mini goals. So the tactical things for me are the mini goals under that. So for instance, my goal of Sabbath sounds like a big wishy-washy, how do you do that? Um, but the mini goal under that for me, which I'm going to start in February because I'm not going to bite off more than I can chew in January is just to do a very simple, quick study on what God's word says about Sabbath. Not an exhaustive theological, mm-hmm. you know, exhortation here, but um, I'm going to maybe just find 10 verses and sections of scripture like Hebrews 4 that I want to dig mm-hmm. into a little bit. That's it. So that's a practical thing that I know when I end this year on December 31st, 2019, I can look back and I said, Oh yeah, I did make progress. Remember that time I yeah. studied out Sabbath and that made me change this or that? Or the time that we decided to not go to all 18 birthday right. parties we were invited mm-hmm. to on a Saturday yeah. and instead just hang out and put around in the garden. Um, those are things that I can look back and say, yes, that was practical. I can measure progress on that. I even like that you said, here's a goal for the year and I'm going to do my first, and it may not be your first, but the one you mentioned to us, Action Step. We're going to do this in February because like you said, we all go, everything has to start January 1st. I have to change my eating. I have to walk three miles today, hang out with my kids and oh yeah, yeah, all the things. (laughs) Don't do it. (laughs) So overwhelming. And then we just throw it away and say, we're done. We're done. Um, Well, I am, I'm super thankful for the work that you're doing in the world. And I am not just saying this, I'm actually going through the power sheets right now. And so it's been really helpful for me. And, and I'm, I'm happy to talk with you today about goals and dreams. And I think my, my prayer is people listen and my hope is that they will see this bigger picture of life and not going through it just kind of accidentally, but having a purpose and a plan to really make the most of every day that God has given us. Because not to sound too churchy here, but you just don't ever know to when your day is done. And so mm. your time here, you know, and so to live it with intention I think is one of the greatest things we can do with the breath and the life that God's given us. So thanks for being such an encouragement to women in that area. Well, ditto. (laughs) You are doing exactly that. I'm so grateful for how you're encouraging women and specifically for all these great questions you asked. These are amazing things to dig into and I'm grateful for you. So fun. And we will meet again and have conversations about gardening and marriage and faith and children and all kinds of things. So I'm bringing... Yay! (laughs) (laughs) Laura, thanks for joining me today. You guys, in January of 2024, I made a commitment to myself. I wanted to get stronger, which meant I needed to get in the gym, which means I needed to move my body in different ways. You guys know I love to walk. Well, it's spring, and spring is the best time for us to start a new workout routine. It's our yearly collective warm-up, and Peloton is here for everyone's yearly warm-up. This is the best time to get into a good rhythm, to tap into your power, and build towards your summer you. I love my Peloton. It accommodates to my schedule with a variety of class links to choose from. I can choose a 30-minute class. I can choose a 45-minute class. If you only have five minutes, there's literally a class to get you moving your body in five minutes. Peloton has a range of class types fit for every goal and every mood. There are classes if you want to hear country music, if you want to hear uh, rock, if you want to go back to the 80s. If you can't run, take a walking class. Need some grounding? Try yoga. If you want to level up, go for their Pilates or HIIT workouts. 
Here's what I love is that you can move at your own pace. And that is what I'm learning that my body needs right now. It needs to move at its own pace. Peloton makes the process easier with personalized recommendations and guided programs that take all the guesswork out of working out. You guys, we think about so many things during the day. Let's take the guesswork out. Let's jump right in and let's keep our fitness journey fresh every single day. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. I personally love a good 45-minute hip-hop class. It gets me moving. It gets me excited. It's my favorite genre of music, just ask my kids. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. That's OnePeloton.com. Thank you. Michelle, welcome to the, what are we calling this? This is the Focus mini-series about goals and dreams. Welcome. Oh, thank you. So good to hear your voice. This podcast that we're doing is not the regular happy hour, which let me just tell everyone, you were on the regular happy hour last summer in June, episode number 198. Mm -hmm. So if they want to get more of Michelle McKinney to head back there. But today, this is specific for goals and dreams. And I promise you when we sat down and thought, okay, we're going to do goals and dreams in January. Everyone that we'll have on for this series, they just like were the top of the list. Like this is who we go to and you are up there. Thank you. On that list. I'm so excited. I'm so stoked. Mm. Okay. So first of all, I want to start this. Last summer, Mm -hmm. you, I need, I need an update. You, I was looking (laughs) back at what we chatted about last summer and you, we talked about marriage. Yeah, we, we talked did. about goals and dreams, all those kind of things. But we also talked about marriage for quite a bit. Oh, and you did. told me about a 20th bridal shower that you were having. Yeah. So what had happened was, as my friends say, I didn't get a chance to do it. You know why? Because why? when I transitioned and taking um, and transitioning from full-time employment to working for somebody else and then working for myself, my time has not become my own. And so some of the things that are kind of on my list of would love, would like to do have actually taken a back seat for a little bit of time for the things that I absolutely need to do in running this business. And so we had to push pause. You know what though? That is interesting that you would say that because I didn't know, I did not know what you were going to answer. Obviously, that's why I asked you. But it's interesting that you would say that because here's what I think the kind of, maybe even I feel like this sometimes and I have to battle this is like, I work for myself. Mm -hmm. I can do whatever I want, whenever I want. And there is some truth to that, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But you just very much explained Mm -hmm. that sometimes when you work for yourself, it's harder to do these things. It is. It totally is. In fact, I just had this conversation with somebody else because um, I think there is that misnomer or that mystique that you think that when you work for yourself, um, it's like, oh my gosh, all of a sudden my time's going to open up. Because when you are working for somebody else, and let's say you're doing a side hustle um, in that space, you feel like, oh my gosh, if I could just leave this job and then go to do the side hustle full time, I'll be able to really do this all the time. And that's not true because when you 
go from it being a side hustle to this being your primary source of income, you are also growing that business from what it used to be. So whereas the money that you had initially, you know, you could use that for eating out and all that kind of stuff. Now you're bringing in money that actually is part of your livelihood. And so you have to grow it differently and you have to think about your business now as a business owner, as opposed to a passion project. It's very different energy. God, it is so, and I, I feel that a little bit because when I started the happy hour, um, almost five years ago, it was, it was a side hustle. Yeah. It, it wasn't even a hustle. I wasn't making money. It was this, like a hobby. Yeah. It was just this a passion project for me, a passion project. Yeah. And that passion project has turned into a business. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I found so kind this is interesting that you would say this too, is when I first started it and it was just me, myself and I doing all the work, mm-hmm. everything that came in, which it wasn't a lot, but everything that came in went to our bank account, right? It was just yeah. like, oh, thank you. Da, da, da. <laughs> right. Then I started a business and I started an LLC yes. and I hired people. Yes. And now I'm like, dad gum, I need a raise because I work too much. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it is so different. You know, but it is so different because I'm running a business mm-hmm. paying people. And because I have employees, I'm not mad about that. Are you kidding? I couldn't Absolutely. do what I do without them. Absolutely. But yeah, I'm, wh- I'm not in this to make a million. I mean, listen, Let's just be honest. Everyone wants to make more money. Right. But I think sometimes when you're running a business, so Uh many times you're building Uh that you're putting back in and just getting like the bare minimum that you need. So girl, yes. Look, that's a whole conversation. (laughs) I know. I know. And so you've been doing your own business for how long? So, well, Dreams Unleashed has actually been in business for four years. However, um, it's only been as of March of last year that that this is exclusively what I do. So I don't get a paycheck from anybody else anymore. Um, My paycheck all comes from Dreams Unleashed now for the last, it's actually been a year now. Congratulations. Thank you. And the tagline on your webpage, it says something like, I hope I don't bridge it, but like helping women discover. Yep. We help define Mm -hmm. and confidently live out their dream, their God given dreams and purposes. I pulled it up. Absolutely. Um, That's exactly what we do. That's your gig. Yeah, that's what we do, what we do. And we love it. You know, it's just been an honor being able to meet more women outside of um, where I am and and that sort of deal and being able to help them to discover what it is that they are created to do and really confidently live that out. And confidently doesn't mean that you're not scared, it means that you feel the fear and you're going to do it anyway. Oh, that's good. Can we talk about that for just a minute? Because I think jumping into new spaces, Mm -hmm. people, myself included, might think, "Ah, I don't know if I'm good at this or I don't feel confident. I'm not going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it goes back to that thing that we hear it all the time is that it, where we kind of, where I talk to clients about is that when we feel that fear a lot of time and we feel like we're not going to do it more often than not, it's because we're comparing where we currently are to somebody else subconsciously. And so mm-hmm. we're looking at where they are and where we, where we aspire to be. And it's like, well, dang, I'm not there. And it's like, but they weren't always there. And yeah. so you have to decide sort of like double Dutch. I don't know if anybody's ever played double Dutch oh, or a yeah. game of I have watched it because listen, I don't need to be doing anything listen, like that. But I've I'm watched not it. coordinated enough to actually mm-hmm. jump in the rope, but I can try. But the thing is, at some point, you gotta determine that you're gonna jump in. I heard a pastor say this weekend that we are so afraid of getting tangled up in the rope that we never jump in. And mm. so we have to get past that thought that, yep, you know what? You might get tangled up in the rope, but you are going to be okay. You will survive. And that is a part of the process. I tell people often that if you think about life being a journey. And if you're looking to your destination is success, one of the passports, the stamps rather that you have to get stamped in your passport is failure. 
everybody mm-hmm. has to get that stamp of failure multiple times over to be able to get to where we want. So instead of, you know, cowering and shrinking back and saying, well, I'm not going to do it because I might mess up. Well, yeah, you are going to screw up. That's part of the process. Mm, that's good. And you know, when I was thinking about that jump rope example that you gave, whenever you're looking at the people who are doing the jump roping, I feel like, God, they are so good. They had to get in at one point, (laughs) you know, and they had to get hit by the rope. They got hit. Yep. They got hit and they just kept showing up. And that's the thing is that you got to keep showing up. Even when you get hit, even when you get the bumps, even when you get the bruises, even when people reject you, you got to keep showing up because the thing is you have to believe in this more than anybody else. If you don't believe it, it's sort of like how they say about dogs can smell fear. People Mm -hmm. can smell fear fear and they can smell lack of confidence. And so even if you have to hype yourself up until you get to that space where you believe it, you got to keep showing up for yourself, for your dream, for your vision every single day. Do you have an example in your own life of keep showing up and falling down and failing and then girl my whole life (laughs) yes what about with like your start like stepping out of your job and I know we covered this some in the podcast but just yeah, you have to let us know that stepping out and starting, you know, Dreams Unleashed full time. Yeah, that was probably really scary. It was, and and so you know, one of the things for me is that I do I really enjoy spaces like your podcast where people allow you to be super transparent because that's how I know I grow and learn. And so one of the biggest lessons for me is sort of what we were talking about earlier in terms of you know, revenue generation and how I was disseminating my money. And before, when it was a side hustle, honestly, about ninety percent of my money was just going back to Michelle. And so, you know, that was just how it was. And quite honestly, for years, I've never been great at managing money. And one of the things that God made very clear to me is that, look, listen, you know, I've been giving you a whole lot of grace in this money area. You know what to do. But if in order for you to grow and get to where it is that I desire for you to be, we got to deal with that this this year Mm. or you're going to hinder your own growth and where I want to take you. And so part of what I've learned this year is that, you know, I'll be very transparent until, you know, I'm waiting to meet with an accountant this weekend to make sure I have my percentages right. But just to start off, whereas before it used to be that 90% of my income just went to my bills and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. It's not like that. So that meant 90% of the income was coming to me. Well, it was like, no, we, Michelle, you're messing up your money with your business, you know? And so things, aren't getting paid on time and that kind of stuff. And so what I had to do to restructure is I looked at it and I said, okay, well, 40% is actually going to come to a paycheck for me. 10% is going to go the tithe and offering. 10% needs to go in savings because I didn't have a savings for Mm -hmm. the business at all. And then another 10% was going to go to operating expenses. And I saw Mm -hmm. that somewhere in there, it's up with about a hundred percent or so I might be missing a little bit there, but that has been a major learning lesson for me because growing up, we did not get a lot about financial literacy. Um, As kids growing up, my parents were just figuring out themselves. They didn't get it either. And so for me, that has been this big character development um, lesson that God's been teaching me. And he's been so gracious because as I have been faithful with this, I see how he continues to bless. I mean, the way that the business is growing now, it blows my mind because I am now being an even better steward of what he gives me, not just the money, but even of my clients and the work that I do. So that was a process for me to learn that. That's good to hear because it can sometimes feel like you can say people can compare where they are now to someone's middle or, you know, further along yeah. line. And it's good to hear that. Did you, have you listened to Jessica Honiger's newest podcast? With the budgetista? Yeah. <laughs> I haven't heard it yet, but I love Tiffany. I've been following Tiffany for some time. So I can't wait to listen to it. 
I'm halfway through. I'm listening to it today and it is really, really good, but it's about um, money and budgeting and Mm -hmm. taking care of those things. So everyone go listen to that as well. Okay. So we're going to talk about goals and dreams. And I have some questions from some of our VIP patrons that have sent in questions for you. But first, I want you to tell us Mm -hmm. about your vision boards because I have seen this and and I'll be honest with you, where Mm -hmm. I've seen this the most, Michelle, is through people who maybe sell through a uh, multi-level marketing company. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's where I've seen it the most. Of, mm-hmm. of, they do a really good job of teaching their, whatever you, they call their people, their sellers, mm-hmm. hey, make dreams for yourself. Like, yeah. Because they probably realize that when you put your dreams out, you're going to yeah. set some goals. So yeah. tell me about your vision boards and the process that you walk women through. And if you think yeah. that's something that we should all be doing. Oh my gosh, all day long. Yes. And I think that people should stop doing traditional vision boards and people- okay, I've never done one at all. Yeah. So this is the deal. So um, for those who have done a vision board, either in the context of a party or group or by themselves at home, typically what happens is you are invited to an event and people give you magazines and you get some scissors and some glue. They turn on some music and it's like, go to town, right? And so you start clipping, you start cutting and you start thinking about what do I want? And typically what you often see people do is without giving a whole lot of thought to it, you see pictures of bigger houses and more money and a man or a woman and vacation, all the things, right? And a lot of times you are looking at some, well, sometimes it's either you're looking at perhaps somebody else's or just what you think you want. And so what I ask people to do is don't do that. Don't start with the pictures because there is no magic in those pictures that you're cutting out. Yes, I believe in manifestation and things like that, but I also believe that faith without works is dead, right? That works Mm. is the key operative word. So what we do with, we call them vision board playbooks is because as women, our lives are very complex. When I look at a poster board, it's one dimensional and you put everything on that one page. Our lives are not like that. We have a lot of different compartments, a lot of different roles that we play within the context of our life. Um, And so what I ask women to do is before we even touch a magazine, we go through a strategy process. And in that strategy process, what I'm asking you to think about is that if this were your last year on earth, right? And I know it can sound kind of morbid, but I have to ask this question because it helps to narrow in your focus on what is it that you really want, right? What are the roles of your life that you really need to be intentional about focusing on, right? Because typically within the course of a woman's life, you are juggling about 20 something roles at any given time. At every moment, Michelle, 20 roles. And some of those roles that you're juggling, they're not even things that you necessarily really desire and need to do at that time. A lot of times you're playing receiver to be able to catch all the stuff that people are throwing your way. Mm, And so what I'm asking them to do is to narrow down, um, they start out with five and the two non-negotiables that they have to add are self-care and purpose seeker. Those are non-negotiable. If you are already, you feel like living in your purpose and doing that work, whether it is as an employee, employer, a volunteer, side hustle, whatever it is, great. You can add another role. But if you're not, I want you to be intentional this year about focusing focusing on how do I live out my purpose? Because at the end of the day, that's why you're here. And I want to And that's not necessarily work-related, you're saying? No, it can be work-related. So some people live out their purpose through their body of work they do every day. Others don't. Yep. Okay. Um, And so we take them, so I take them through that process of identifying that. And then what we do is once we identify those up to seven roles, I ask them to write a vision, write a very clear vision, not a dream. The difference between a dream and a vision is dream has no accountability. It says, I want a what da 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 
where right. a dream says I am and it gives some specifics around time and those kinds of things. Right. And so once we have that vision written out, um, the way that the vision board playbook looks is I talked about compartmentalizing your life and all the different roles that we have. If you could imagine almost like a children's accordion book okay. instead of a one dimensional flat poster board, this opens up with a book that has at least seven panels that represents every single role that you're going to focus on in this year. So on the back side of that, that's where we're going to put your strategy page that has that vision statement. And then also some questions that I ask you to think about for that specific role. But then on the other side, that's where you get to do all the fun stuff with the the photos and the pictures and Mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff. Um, And so we do that vision board playbook. And unlike, for example, a lot of times with vision boards, people go to a vision board party and they have this beautiful poster board and they go home and they're excited, they're amped and they put it up in the wall um, or on their dresser or what have you. And by the time there's two months later, the ends start curling up and it doesn't look pretty anymore. And so they either throw it in the trash or they put it in the closet. And so it's like, well, what are we going to do with that? With a vision board playbook, it's compact and it folds down. It fits in my work bag like every day. I keep it there because what I'm doing is every single week I'm revisiting it to figure out how do I need to incorporate these roles into my life? So it's a really good strategy um, that we use. I've definitely seen not just in my life, but in those of clients who've used it, the clarity that happens as a result of the strategy, the pictures, again, are just the thing that kind of gets you hyped up and mm-hmm. gets you kind of, you know, to see the visual part. But the strategy work that we do with the vision board playbooks is the really key piece. That's where the magic really happens. And so you offer this service people will come to you and then you help them with this? Or do you do these quote unquote vision board parties? Yep. We do a mix of them. So you can actually go online to the website. If you go to dreams-unleash.com under products, you'll see it there. Um, some people bring me on for their church events or organizational events, and they do it for the entire organization. Others um, might bring me in for a private party, but you know it just depends on what your needs are. So either individual, as a group, whatever works for you. That is, I love the thought behind it of we are so much more and yeah. the dementia, even though ever I love all your thoughts behind it. And I, I like following you on social media for lots of reasons. Um, but I do love seeing when you work with vision boards with people, it's oh, super encouraging. And I think it's something that I would even like to do. It's sometimes just finding the brain space and the time, you yeah. know, and I, I fully am aware that some things that don't fit into this isn't on my to-do list actually are important and will yeah. help me get better at my to-do list. So yeah. well, we're um, gonna I love send that. Your way. We're going to send, I know you didn't oh. ask for it, but I just want to. I'm going to send one your way. Oh, you're so kind. Yeah, oh my you. gosh. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Um, okay. So I have some questions from some people and I think that these questions really set up a good conversation about goals. Awesome. Um, and setting, you know, goals and dreams. And this is, this is your lane. This is where you're in. You, awesome. um, you love to encourage women. And so here we go. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's do it. Okay. The first one is from Christina. And Christina says this, um, I am currently in the thick of writing a book. Mm. I feel like Christina, by the way, could actually be AKA Jamie, but it's not. Here we go. (laughs) (laughs) This is not my own question, but I have felt this. I have felt what you're feeling, Christina. Here we go. Okay. Christina says, I am currently in the thick of writing a book. I have found it really difficult to find time to work on it, primarily because I'm a mama to young kids. I work Mm. part-time at my church and Mm -hmm. am also beginning to take speaking engagements. Mm -hmm. I struggle a lot with goal-setting guilt, Mm -hmm. meaning that I set out to purposefully give time to one task and find myself caught in a cycle of feeling badly that I'm committing time to one thing and not to the other. 
what are some ways I can deal with this goal guilt and focus on giving the best of me to the task at hand? What a great question. And I I understand Mm -hmm. this. Yeah, totally. Well, hey, Christina, thanks for writing (laughs) in for Jamie, first of all. Yes. Um, The first thing is I want you to try to eliminate that word guilt, you know, from your space. And I know it's hard. Um, My thought is that I think that when we are in a space and we are adding on a new role, similar to what I was talking about, the vision board playbooks, the reason why I tell women to try to focus on no more than seven roles is because it can be overwhelming, right? And so if they're going to add something in, you should take something out. Sort of like if you talk to people who are professional space organizers, they often tell you that if you're going to buy a new piece of clothing, take something out. Um, Because the more that you bring in, the more that you then have to manage. And so you have to think about sometimes when you're adding in a new role, such as, you know, being an author, is there something else that I can, that I can or should take off my plate at this time? Um, mm-hmm. I am not, I don't want anybody's pastor to be mad at me or wherever you volunteer. Mm-hmm. I'm just using that because that was one that you mentioned. I'm sure there are other roles that you could consider too, right? Other spaces that you're spending time. One thought is that you don't want to necessarily sabotage yourself by adding in more um, than what you really have the amount of time to do because our time is finite. We don't get to create more time. It is finite, right? And so right. in doing so, I think it's healthy to be able and important to be able to create boundaries um, when we determine what it is that we're going to do. So another one of my clients, she's in the process of writing a book, right? Um, she's preparing to write her book. And one of the to-dos I have her to, to think through is actually a few things is one is that I wanted her to commit to herself on schedule and she had to share it with me for accountability. When was she going to write to actually make an appointment on her calendar that mm. she should not break with herself, right? Secondly, especially because you have small children, um, that's where, you know, it comes in. It's help, It's helpful to be able to build your tribe of people. So you have to ask for help. That has been one of my second, along with finances, my second thing that God has been really teaching me this year is about asking for help, even when it kills me, because I'm so accustomed to being helpful to everybody else, but I am not good at asking for the help that I need. And so he's been showing me that, that in order to grow, I have to ask for help. So as a mom of young children or a young child, what I want you to think about is thinking through if you say, if you're going to commit, let's say one day a week, let's say I make a, you know, just for the sake of the conversation, you're going to say Thursdays at 7 p.m. or Thursdays at 6 p.m. from 6 to 9, I'm going to commit to writing my book and I'm going to show up even if I don't have the words to say, because that talks about what we were talking about before is that you got to keep showing up for yourself from 6 to 9. Then that means you need somebody to be with your child. And so, figure out who can do that. Now, if Mm -hmm. it is that you ask, and that's the key thing, not assume that nobody can help you, but if it is that you ask and nobody can do it, figure out a time frame that you can do it when your child is asleep. Um, And so I think that's important. And then the third thing would be to create a space to write because you want to be able to create a space, whether it's in your home or if you do have somebody that's going to watch your child where you can actually go out, but that becomes your space. It's sort of like in a faith perspective, people talk about building an altar um, in their Mm -hmm. home and the importance of building that altar for them is that they know when they enter that space, there is something specific that they're going to do. They're not paying bills and not doing anything else in that space. They are in that space to be able to meditate to pray, to do whatever it is that they choose to do. And so I think it's important for you to be able to find a space, even if it's a closet in your house, that you take everything out and you just have a towel down on the floor or Mm -hmm. in your laptop and you curl up in that corner with some Cheetos and a Diet Coke, whatever your thing Mm -hmm. is, whatever your jam Mm -hmm. is, right? 
but you create that space for you. Because what you don't want to do is keep this cycle going where you don't set yourself up well for success, but you set yourself instead up to win. So find the time, put it on your schedule, ask for help and create a space. And then lastly, just be consistent with it. Just keep showing up. Mm, That's so good. And I have heard many of writer friends who will either go to like the same coffee shop only when they're writing because it kind of triggers something in their brain or some of them will even say, I just, I light a candle when I sit down to write. And it's almost like the switch of here I am. Yeah. Yeah. So So what I'm hearing you saying here, which is so good because Christina was saying goal guilt, first Mm -hmm. of all, to get rid of the word. But I think that what you said I'm taking to, to hand too on some things I'm struggling with is that when you set that calendar time to do whatever it is, Mm -hmm. then there's no need to feel guilt because you're just fulfilling what you said you were going to do. And so that is your time to write or work in your Etsy shop or whatever it might be, but to set that time. Heck yeah. And you know, this is the other thing I do want to say. I'm so glad you said it, Jamie, is that especially because my clients primarily are women, I do have some men that, um, that I consult with from time to time, but primarily it's women. And the thing is that guilt is a strong thing for us in that we think that when we are doing something that we are passionate about, that is taking away from other people. We say all the time and we hear it all the time. We've heard it for years and we say it and we you know, do the whole cliche about put the oxygen mask on you first, but we don't always live it out as women. Mm-hmm. And so when you think about that, if you spend time to be able to commit to this thing that you are so passionate about, you have no idea fully of the impact of who this is going to be a blessing to. Not just, you know, the people that you already see in your head, but even to your children and to those who are going to look at that as inspiration to say, oh my gosh, Christina had all this stuff going on and she still made this book happen. And so the guilt, you know, push that sucker to the side because the job of guilt is to make you not do it. It's doing Mm. its job. It's evicted. It's doing its job. That is its job every single time it shows up. Don't allow it to do its job. That's your job. Mm. That's good. That's good. Okay, Christina, Michelle and I can't wait to read that book you're going to write. So there you Girl, go. Write your book. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you guys, I know we kind of left you hanging right there. We just cut off in the middle of Michelle's interview, but come back on Friday and we're going to pick up the rest of Michelle McKinney's interview. And then we're going to bring our friend Jennifer Allwood on to also have a conversation about goals and dreams. I loved when Michelle said, confident doesn't mean you're not scared. It means you're going to feel the fear and you're going to do it anyway. I try to live by that, you guys, because honestly, if you've been listening here a lot, you know that I have some fear and I get scared about things. But you know what? Confidence means, you know what? We feel the fear, but we're going to do it anyways. Come back on Friday to hear the rest of my conversation with Michelle and then a new conversation with Jennifer Allwood. And if you want to go back and listen to other interviews that Laura and Michelle have been on the happy hour, you can search Laura's interview. She's happy hour number 237. And Michelle McKinney is episode 198. Long time ago, these girls have been on the happy hour and I really love them and all they're doing. So go check those out. You guys will see you on Friday for the rest of these conversations on goals and dreams. Thanks so much for listening to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivy podcast. We are truly grateful for every single story that we get to share with you, every encouragement we get to bring to you, and every opportunity we get to point us all to Jesus. If you're loving this show, we would appreciate it if you would leave us a rating and or a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, tell your friends. That is actually the number one way that people find out about our show because you tell them. Join us right here every Wednesday and Friday for meaningful conversations that make us think, make us 
us laugh and point us to Jesus. Also, come find me on other places around the internet as well. I love Instagram. I'm at Jamie Ivy, And we've been having some fun posting videos on YouTube as well. Sometimes you wish you could see the person I'm interviewing. Well, come over and find us there and you can. JamieIvy.com slash YouTube. The Happy Hour is produced by Lindsay Sweeney. Show notes are written by Abigail Castell. Graphics by Rachel Ray. The show is edited by the team at Podshaper. And I'm your host, Jamie. And I love every single week that I get to be here with you guys. Until next time, have a happy hour with a friend. 